0: Have you ever wondered what really goes on behind the scenes of fashion? I'm about to spill some tea with some of the most amazing creatives in the industry. So sit back, relax, we're about to talk fashion with a capital F. Bisou bisous Rome. Hey guys, so today is a very special episode that I've put together in the past three days. Because a few days ago, the news broke that the iconic designer Vivian Westwood had died at the age of 81 years old. Vivian was one of my absolute favorite designers, she was a true disruptor, and is to me the perfect example of fashion as an art form and philosophy. We used to study her back in fashion school during cultural studies as the woman who brought subcultures to fashion. I wanted to showcase in this short episode the impact that she has made on fashion and on myself and tell you a bit more about the work she has accomplished over the years. Also because she was a true badass and has one of the most interesting, inspiring life story. So let's get into it. Once upon a time, during the year of 1941, Vivian Isabel Swire was born in a small village in England in the region of Derbyshire. She is the oldest child of three. Her mother worked in a cotton mill, and her father was a factory worker. She had a pretty quiet childhood in the countryside. If you have actually followed during your history classes, you would know that she was born in the middle of World War II, which ended in 1945. During that time, her mother used to utilize excess fabrics from uniforms and parachutes found in the cotton mills where she worked to make clothes for Vivian and her siblings. This may have been Vivian's early exposure to cloth making. When she was around 17 years old, her family moved to London and that's when things started to get wild. She had already expressed some interest in fashion design, so she decided to enroll in art school Precisely, Harrow School of Art, which now stands as the University of Westminster, which is today one of the best art schools in England. Her experience wasn't the most positive, and she got frustrated at the academic format of studying art rather than actually producing it. I can relate so much to that if you've actually listened to the intro episode where I explained a bit about my background and my story. When I went to fashion school, I say exactly that and the frustration I had studying for hours about creative (laughs) things rather than actually producing it, um, which kind of ended up killing creativity for me. And that's exactly what she said. Also, she couldn't project herself in a profitable art career, so she dropped out just after one semester she then became a full-time elementary school teacher. She never gave up on fashion, though. During that time, she would teach during the day and by night, and during the weekend, sell her creations, which at the time were more jewelry-based, and she would sell them in Portobello Road Market in Notting Hill. If you've never been to London, perhaps you have watched the movie Notting Hill. If you haven't, please watch it. It's one of the best rom-com out there. But if you have, you can get a picture of how that neighborhood looks like. There's a scene where Hugh Grant walks across the changing season in that exact market where Vivian sold her jewelry on the music, Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone by Bill Whitner's. (laughs) I love that movie. Anyways, coming back to Vivian. During that time, she met a charming young man who she ended up marrying in 1962 called Derek Westwood they settled and had a child together. And this is the end. No, I'm kidding. She publicly admitted that she quickly got bored of this lifestyle and she had an inner feeling that she was meant to accomplish more for herself. That's at the time that her brother, Gordon Swire, introduced Vivian to Malcolm McLaren. At that time, Malcolm lived a pretty rock and roll lifestyle. He was an art student, he had a job at a rock and roll store named Paradise Garage, overall an exciting personality that ended up changing Vivian's life. Interestingly enough though, she kept Derek's last name for the rest of her life, but ended up leaving him a few years after they got married for Mr. Malcolm which was already an unconventional move at the time for a woman to ditch her husband. In 1971, Malcolm and one of his friends actually took over the shop in which Malcolm was working in, if you remember the name, Paradise Garage. The store had a few name changes over the years. The first change was Let It Rock, which was targeted at the Teddy Boys subculture. The Teddy Boys and Teddy Girls was a British youth subculture mainly inspired by rock music. They had a very unique style inspired by the Edwardian period and dandies. It was initiated by delinquent gangs and they had rebellious violent tendencies. Fashion was the way they built their identity and community. I recommend you Google them just to have a look at their styles. Their haircut was pretty funky. Anyways, so Vivian was designing a lot of the looks that her and Malcolm were selling in their store. She sold a lot of graphic t-shirts with very provocative slogans and pictures on brand with the rebellious spirit of the times and her customer base. She was producing these looks, but also embraced them. After quitting her job as a teacher, she completely changed her style bleached her hair, wore some dark eye makeup, and rocked some of her most provocative designs amongst the streets of London. This store had a couple of name changes over the year after Let It Rock, then It Became Too Fast to Live and Too Young to Die, and then Just Sex, which is a pretty memorable name. Sex became the preferred hangout for outcasts, punk kids, and rockers. It served as a hub for the punk movement to be born. In a book I read back in cultural studies uh, when I studied fashion, it's a book called Women and Fashion, the authors explain how through the punk subculture, women were able to negotiate a social and ideological space through the deployment of oppositional dress. There's another author called Roos, who said in a book called Understanding Fashion, which is a great book, Um, if you're studying fashion or cultural studies, read this book. And that author said, I quote, Punk seemed to develop as a reaction against the massive commercialization of both music and fashion for the young and middle 70s. This youth culture was not only about fighting against fashion and mainstream, but also a great tool for some women and men to contradict society's gender stereotypes. The use of bricolage on t-shirts, for example, so bricolage is like DIY. This explains the use of handmade garments as a strategy of resistance to cultural assumption. Pretty progressive. The shocking and provocative messages emblazoned on some of Vivian's t-shirts, such as God Save the Queen or, or... Anarchy in the UK were a way to catch public attention, not only on their shocking behavior, but also on their different look in order to state another form of unconventional identity. Sex, aka the store, remember, (laughs) became one of the most well-known stores in England and started to attract famous rock musicians and personalities. Malcolm, who always had a strong interest for music, created the infamous Sex Pistols at the time through recruiting and meeting his band members, who were regular customers and some employees in the store. They quickly gained in popularity and their song, God Save the Queen, turned them into one of the most famous punk band of their generation. Vivienne would design all the outfits for the band's musicians, and as it increased in popularity, she also increased in fame. In 1981, Malcolm and Vivienne organized their first runway show themed, The Pirate Collection. I recommend you Pinterest this runway, it is pretty fab. This collection exploded into the London fashion scene with its romantic looks and gold, orange, and yellow, which cemented the house legacy of influence. This was the opportunity for Vivian to explore new design opportunities beyond punk, sourcing her inspiration in historical garments. She suggested in multiple interviews that this newfound success made Malcolm very jealous, and they eventually separated in 1983 after their last collection named Witches. Shortly after that, Madonna, who was already the number one pop icon of the time, was seen wearing pieces from that collection, which brought Vivian to a wider audience. In the late 80s, Vivian designed an entire collection made of the fabric called Harris Tweed. If you look this fabric up on Google, it will immediately make you think of Vivian. There is a pretty cool story, actually, behind the use of this fabric, Before Vivian decided to use it, Harris Tweed was completely becoming obsolete and decreasing in value. When Vivian decided to revive the Tweed by designing a show with that fabric, the Harris Tweed authority was so pleased that as a thank you, they let Vivian design her brand logo as a new version of theirs, which was an orb. Harris Tweed's logo represented the fabric's heritage of craftsmanship, Versus Vivian's, who added a Saturn ring around it, representing innovation and future. By 1991, Vivian was named British Designer of the Year, and in 1992, the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, awarded Vivian with the most excellent order of the British Empire. A photo of her twirling her skirt in front of Buckingham Palace with no underwear on made British media headlines. Vivian mentioned in an interview that she heard that the queen smiled and laughed at the picture. Never a dull moment (laughs) with Vivian. I guess the queen didn't take it personally, because in 2006, she awarded Vivian the title of damnhood, which is basically the female equivalent of knighthood and one of the most prestigious awards you can get out there. The year of 1993 was a milestone for Vivian. She got married to a new man called Andreas Kronthaler, who became a designer for her brand, and she put out one of her most memorable runway. This is the infamous runway when Naomi Campbell graciously fell and actually marked one of the most iconic runway fashion moments of all time. This moment I think shows how much Naomi is a supermodel because even though her fall could have made her feel embarrassed, she brushed it off with a beautiful smile and stood up gracefully, which actually created some iconic pictures. A few famous models actually made their debut in Vivian's show. In 1994, Kate Moss stunned the audience braless eating an ice cream with Marie Antoinette's style hat. Vivienne has always taken political stances throughout her career, and in the 2000s, she kept going with hot topics of the time, such as climate change and human rights. She was one of the main designers who spoke out about the impact of fast fashion. Her philosophy was buy less, choose well. That's also my philosophy for 2023, I feel like. (laughs) Until her very last day, Vivienne remained one of the most influential designer in the world of fashion. She will always be remembered through her constant rebellious spirit, which gave birth to the most surreal designs. In an interview from WWD, she explained that punk was everything to her at the beginning of her career, but I quote, What I am still doing is still punk. It's shouting about injustice and making people think even if it's uncomfortable. I will always be a punk in that sense. I think overall, when you reflect on Vivian's life, it just shows you how resilience and believing in your passion and taking risks can make your dream become a reality. Vivian could have settled for the school teacher's married life with one kid, but she just chose more and took risk, and that takes courage. She was named fashion's terrible child a title which she earned by being true to herself and rebel against societal morals which did not stand right with her. There's a quote I will always remember from a video I saw of Will Smith back in the days who said, The best things in life come one step after fear. He takes the example of a skydiving experience. So when you go skydiving, you're in the plane, you're about to shit yourself, (laughs) but once you've actually jumped, you have one of the most insane experiences in your life. I hope her story inspired you like it inspired me, and that in the new year, if at any moment you are doubting yourself or feeling unsure about following your passion, remember that nothing can stop you, only your fear can and think of Vivian's courage and where it brought her.